you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, well, amazingly enough, church, we're getting back to the final, the final gift of the gifts of Holy Spirit that we've been teaching on for the past 10 or 11 weeks. Amen? As found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is anyone, is anyone getting anything out of this series? Amen. Has anyone come to the place of understanding the, the, the workings and the purposes that that Holy Spirit desires to, to, to bring forth when he's ministering these gifts through us? I mean, it's not something that's just for one particular person or one man or woman within the church. No, this is something that he desires to operate through the church. I, I think I told you this, guys, probably a while back, but the, the church my pastor grew up in, it was an Assemblies of God church in Pasadena, headed up by Mama and Papa Goodwin. And, and listen, they say that there was about 75% of the church operated in gifts there. 75% of the church was operating in gifts. Amen. It wasn't a church this size. It was, it was, it was, it was a good-sized church. And, and the Holy Spirit moved through them. Why? Because there is good teaching on those things. You know, Brother Hagin made this comment, you know, when people were asking him, well, well why, why, do, why do we have Bible schools? Why do you need a Bible school? Why do you need a ministerial school? And he said, because pastors aren't doing their job. <laughs> See, if we'll, if we'll teach the Word of God, teach exactly what, what the Word has to say, teach, teach what He has given to us, Amen. Many of us wouldn't have to go off and spend several years in Bible school because when you've grown up in a church that's been teaching the Word of God all the time. Now, I'm not criticizing Bible schools. Thank God for them. Amen. But what I'm saying is that we need to be able to be people that get into the Word of God and receive from the Word of God, actually be taught the Word of God. Amen. And then you'll find out you can step out and you begin to do things now. Not wait, to, not wait till you get out of, out, of, out, of, out of secondary school so you can go to Bible school so then maybe finally you can actually do something for the Lord. Now, my desire here is that we get trained up to the place right now. I don't care if you're Daniel's age, Lane's age, Hannah's age, or if you're as old as Renee. Amen. You say, hallelujah, that these things will begin to begin to work through you right now. That's something to get established in you right now to where you can begin to, to work. You can begin to release the kingdom. You begin to do the things that the Lord has asked us to do. Amen. But we got to allow some of these things to become clear to us. Amen. Clear to us. Tony, I love the, the teachings on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, 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 quite, it's quite ironic, you know. I've taught on these things several times, and, and two times I've had people come up to me, you know, before, before we started ministering on these things, they came up to me like, listen, listen, hey, would you, would you do something? Would you do us a favor? Would you, would you teach on the gifts of the Spirit? You say, why is that? Because we, we're a part of a church that flows in the gifts. You know, you want to learn about these things? Listen, you get in a church that flows in the gifts. Would you teach on these things? Would you teach on these things? And I tell them like I tell anyone that asks me to teach on things. I say, listen, you know, you know I'll teach. We, we, can have a, we can have a men's meeting. We can have a one-on-one meeting. We can, do, we can do a home group meeting. We do all kinds of things. But when it comes to what God desires to do, what Holy Spirit desires to do in the house, when we come together publicly, listen, we're going to teach what he wants to teach, when he wants to teach it. Why? Because he knows what we need to hear and when we need to hear it. Amen. But, but in both of these cases, the Lord is actually already dealing with me on teaching on the gifts of the Spirit, but, but He wasn't ready just yet. 
You say, why is that? Because he had some other things he needed to delay. He had another foundation he needed to delay in the church. Why? Because many times we teach on these gifts, a lot of times people get puffed up in pride as they're desiring for these things to operate on the inside of them, right? And he wants to lay us a foundation. We don't get in that place of pride because you know what? But you know, the crazy thing is both, both times I got asked on that, on this, on this specifically, they never stayed to hear those teachings on why we shouldn't get in pride. Amen. They left before they got to hear the very thing that the Lord was desiring, that they were desiring of the Lord to get taught of. Amen. I'm telling you, that's a travesty. You say, why is that? Because the very thing, I mean, it was the very thing the Holy Spirit was trying to teach. Amen. Don't, don't get puffed up in those things. Don't desire those things. Right? Get, allow a hunger and a thirst to be birthed in me. Not in me, but in the Holy Spirit and, and Jesus and, and the Father. Let, let a hunger and a thirst be, be, a, be birthed in them. Not, not just seek out the things I possess to establish your ministry. Or to make you have a name in ministry. Because listen, church, if we, if we don't have a, fascina a fascination with him, we won't have a fascination with the things that he has. What are we doing? We're merely exploiting him. We're using him, amen, to build ourselves up, to build what we want to come to pass. And that is a dangerous, and I mean a dangerous place to be. Amen? That's a dangerous place to be. Because how many of you know, I think we've said this before, but listen, I'm going to reiterate it again. How many of you know that the gifts, they can and they will flow through you if you will yield unto them regardless if your heart is right? Regardless if your heart is right, his gifts will begin to flow through you. I mean, they'll minister unto people. Regardless if, you're in the, if your posture is right towards him, he, he'll flow through. Why? Because he loves people and he wants to help people. And if, you will have, if you'll step out in faith to allow him to do something, listen, he'll, he'll use you. Why? Because he wants to help someone else. But just like, just like Brother Hagen told, told Pastor Rusty, my pastor, whenever they're, they're, they're together talking about these things, like, listen, listen. He's like, Brother Hagen, why, why do these people, why can they operate in these gifts? How, how are these things happening? I know some of these people personally, I know their life is rubbish. I know they're not living the things they're preaching. I know they, they live like hell outside of the church. But, but, you know, when they come in, things are flowing through them. And he said, he said it's simply enough. He said, God loves these people more than he hates that man's son. He loves people more than he hates that man's son. But listen, church, the, the crazy thing about that is, listen, it, there's a disastrous consequence that comes to that. Hmm? There's a disastrous consequence that comes to Why? Because we end up getting a, a heart full of pride that doesn't really matter what, what we're doing. God's still going to use me. Amen. We get that heart full of pride and conceit. What does it do? It opens up the door wide open for the adversary to come in and not only destroy things in your life, not only destroy you, but, to, but help destroy the people you come in contact with. We need to allow a foundation, amen, of seeking him and not just our own benefit and our own self-promotion to come back in the church. Hmm? This is why I'd, I'd probably say that the Lord, seems like every message we've been teaching here for the last several years, everything we're teaching, it doesn't matter if it's on faith, it doesn't matter if it's on power, it doesn't matter if it's on authority, everything we teach is sprinkled with intimacy. 
Every, every time we go in a direction, he's always sprinkling this message of intimacy. Why? Because he's trying to draw people to him, draw people to him. Because like, he's saying, Brother John, listen, listen, I've given you so much authority, so much power, so much peace. But, but see, it doesn't matter all how, how magnificent, how magnificent <laughs> all of these signs are that follow you if you're not seeking after him. All it is is just, it'll just draw people unto you. And how many you know that he's given us these things to draw people unto him, to point the way into Jesus and everything that we're doing? Hmm? Listen, the more intimate I, I get with Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, this is a day-to-day walk, a year-to-year walk. You know, I'm more intimate with him today than I was last week. Definitely more than a month ago. Definitely more than a year ago. Definitely more than 20 years ago when I gave my life to him. Listen, church, I'm, I, I'm in, a, in a greater place of intimacy with him that, that, I never, that I've never been before. But, but even as I get to this place, I find little things begin to change. Even my language begins to change. Right? Now, no, I'm not talking about foul language. Get your head out of the gutter. Amen. When I first got sold out to the things of God, listen, I'll tell you what, you may not be able to imagine it. Maybe you can. I don't know. But I had the worst mouth in the world. You could ask my wife this. I, it was very difficult for me to have a conversation without an F-bomb coming out in that sentence. I mean, it was the most embarrassing thing in the world as I think about those days of past. But, you know, when I first, when I, when I got turned on, I got full of the Holy Spirit and got turned on to the things of God. You know, the first thing that changed in me, it was my mouth. And because my mouth changed and those things, those words became so foul to me that I couldn't use them anymore, you know what it did? It started drawing people to me. They're like, man, something, something. Even the people that worked for me, that, man, there's something different about Ryan. What, what is going on with him? There was something that was going on with me. I was getting full of the Spirit. And then full of God. And it started opening up doors just because my mouth changed. Amen. But what I'm speaking of here, different things in my language change. It's things like I don't reference Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you notice that when we talk or, or you, know, you can see in our title. It's not, it's not the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as most people say. No, it's the gifts of Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's a person. I'm not talking about someone. I'm not, I'm not talking uh, you know, as an adjective or, or a word describing someone. No, I'm talking about actually who Holy Spirit is. I remember writing up a little thing you know, to send to, to one of the churches back in the States that, that support our ministry. And uh, you know, they wanted to know some of the things we're doing. I, I made several references to Holy Spirit. And they went back and they said, well, just look over, pre, uh, proofread this to make sure everything looks good to you. And I read it. And they added thee in front of Holy Spirit every time. I, I mentioned them. I said, why did you add thee in there? Take those things out. And they said, well, it's not correct English to, to not say thee. I said, well, it is if I'm actually talking about a person. You know, I'm talking about being with Holy Spirit. I don't say with the Holy Spirit. No, I say I'm with Holy Spirit. I mean, just like when, I, when I'm praying, I don't say, oh, I love you, the Holy Spirit. Oh, come walk with me, the Holy Spirit. You know, you, you don't, we don't speak like that. No, I'm talking to him as he's a person. This, that's his name. I mean, I don't go to, to Kimberly and say, hey, you know, after the service today, you know, maybe get with the Tamara and maybe we can have some dinner with her later on this week because the, the Tamara is a very good person. I, I don't speak like that. No, I'm talking to her specifically. Tamara. Go get with Tamara. I mean, it's the same way that, that we speak when you become intimate with him. Why? Because he's not just the Holy Spirit. No, he's God. He's the 
third person of the Godhead. He is Holy Spirit, amen, that we get to commune with, that we get to, to be with. Hmm? But we've got to come to this place, church, that we begin to see him as God, as the third person of the Trinity, that we have a desire to come to him because of who he is, not just because of all the fireworks that come with him, but because we love him, because we honor him. Hmm? And we want, we want to be with him. I'll tell you, church, from personal experience, from personal experience, listen, church, all that Holy Spirit carries, all that Jesus carries will begin to flow through you because it's in you, but it'll begin to flow through you, amen, as he begins to trust you when you become in unity with him. When we get to that place where we stop, stop trying to seek him out because we want him to prop us up because we want to receive an audience or we want to receive a, a fan club. We want, to see, we, want to, we want to be, you know, the greatest social media influence out there. I mean, it blows me away, church, how we can look on social media. I mean, I can't stand social media. I mean, you get on there and it's like there's 8 million preachers out there all, all you know, doing their thing. You know, they never, they never ministered to a congregation because they, they've never been set in that pr- uh, particular office as of yet. You say, why is that? Because, because they, they, won't, they won't do what God's asked them to do. They won't get under authority so they can be in authority. How can you ever walk in authority if you will never place yourself under authority? It's not going to happen. But see, in this day and age with all the technology we have, oh, it's grand. I'll just get me a YouTube page or a Facebook page and I'm going to be the greatest thing. I've got 10,000 followers. Glory to God. But we're leading everyone out not to submit to anyone. That's the beginning of the Antichrist message. Hmm? It's the beginning of the Antichrist message. You know, thank God, thank God for leaders, amen. But man, he needs to draw, you know, we need to, we, including myself, we all need to get into this place where we are submitted unto him and him alone, allowing him to, to, to work the things in us and through us and cut off the things that are on us so that he can begin to do exactly what he wants to do at the right time and at the right place with the right people. Hmm? Hallelujah, hallelujah. How many of y'all know, church, we need to get back to the simplicity of the gospel? How many of you know you'll never graduate from the simplicity of the gospel? Oh, I, I've already heard that a hundred times. I don't need to go there again. No, 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 no. You'll never graduate from that. That is, that is the good news. That is what we need to be talking about. That is what we need to preach. We should never grow out of it. We need to get more established in it. Hallelujah. So let's turn back to our, our foundational scriptures here before I get completely off, off kilter. We'll go here to, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Our foundational scriptures in, in verse 1 through 11. The Lord says, starting off in verse 1, he says, Now concerning the spiritual, now concerning the nematicos, now concerning the, the spiritual realities, now concerning the things of the spiritual, he goes, I don't want you to be ignorant. 
He goes, because you were, in verse 2, you were like Gentiles that were following dumb idols, idols that can't even speak. But now, in verse 3, he says, but now you're following a God. You follow a God that not only is alive, not only a God that's in heaven and here on this earth, you follow a God that will actually speak to you. So when you come into a public, a public place and, and the guy stands up and, and he's ministering by the Spirit and he says that Jesus be accursed or he speaks anything contrary to the Word of God, you can know Instantly, that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will never contradict his word. Yet he says, if someone stands up and says, Jesus is Lord, you can trust that. You can trust that. Now, that man is speaking by the Spirit. Here in verse 4, he says, why? Because there's diversities of gifts. There's diversities of the charisma, the gifts of grace. There's diversities of the gifts of the Spirit. Amen but it's the same spirit. There's nine different gifts of the spirit, but it's only one Holy Spirit. I mean, if, if you operate in prophecy, or words of wisdom, words of knowledge, it's not, it's, not, it's not nine different spirits coming upon people. No, it's one spirit. His name's Holy Spirit. And he comes upon us. He says, there's a different ways of administrating, but it's the same Lord Jesus that administrates them. There's different ways of operating in them, right? But it's the same God that, that, that works them through and through, through each and every one of us. In verse 7, he says, but the manifestation of the Spirit. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given what? Is given to every man to profit with all. The unveiling of Holy Spirit, which is what? Designed to unveil Jesus, is what? Is given to every man, every Bible-believing, Holy Ghost-filled Christian, what? To profit everyone. Everyone within the church and everyone without the church. See, the gifts of the Spirit aren't just, aren't just for the church here. It's, it's also for outside the church. The power gifts, gifts of healing, you know, special faith, working of miracles. Most of the time, those are not designated just for the church. Most of the time, they'll operate outside of the church. Why? Because it is a sign pointing to Jesus. It's, it's a manifestation of Holy Spirit saying, listen, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And they'll wake people up to the kingdom. Now he says the manifestations of the Spirit. What are the manifestations of the Spirit? It's not what you scriptures say. What Jesus says in his word is the manifestations of the Spirit. You say, what is that? It's the gifts of the Spirit. How does Holy Spirit manifest himself? By, by, by uh, operating in the gifts through people. Right? How does he do that? What are they? We divide them up in three different categories. Right? There's nine gifts, three different categories. You've got the gifts that reveal something. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge, discern, uh, discerning of spirits. We have the gifts that do something, the power gifts. Hallelujah. Special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing. And then we have the gifts that say something, the utterance or the vocal gifts, which is the, the section of gifts we're on right now. It is prophecy. It is diverse kinds of tongues. And it is the interpretations of tongues. Amen. So last week, we talked about the gift that is criticized more than any other gift in the church. You say, what is that? The gift of diverse kinds of tongues, of speaking in tongues, right? Now we're going to talk about the gift, amen, that cannot exist without the most critical gift being in operation. You say, what is it? It's the interpretation of those diverse kinds of tongues, right? The interpretations that bring forth the meaning of those, of those diverse kinds of tongues. So, so what is this definition? The last definition we have from Brother Hagen here is the interpretations of tongues is a supernatural manifestation of Holy Spirit revealing the meaning of an utterance 
and an unknown tongue. It's a supernatural revelation of the meaning of an unknown tongue. Now we saw that prophecy is what? It is, it is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Diverse kinds of tongues are a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. And what is interpretation tongues? It is, it is giving forth the meaning of what those diverse kind of tongues look like. Amen. Now, the first thing we need to understand, which is probably the most important thing we have to understand, because this is where a lot of confusion comes in the church regarding the gifts of tongues and interpretations of tongues. The gifts of tongues is, is, is an interpretation of tongues. It's not a translation of tongues. Can I say that again? The gift of tongues is an interpretation of tongues. It's not a translation of tongues. It is a revelation of the meaning of the thought that the Holy Spirit or God himself is trying to translate or, or interpret or give forth unto us, right? You say, well, what does that look like? You know, well, you know, you can look at these Bibles here, right? These Bibles, they, they, these are, these, like, it depends on what kind of translation you have. It can be a translation of the Word of God. I mean, I know the Bible was written in Hebrew in the Old Testament and Greek in the New Testament, right? So, so unless you know Hebrew or Greek, you can't read it. You won't get any understanding from it. But you can get it translated. We had, we had English writers that translated the Hebrew, translated the Greek, because they had a knowledge of what, these, of what that language was, into our English language. Now, now, they did that word for word. They looked at it and say in the King James, it was word for word. They, they, they looked at this word and they said this. They looked at nematicos and they said the spiritual. I mean, they looked at the different words and then they gave it an English meaning for it. You see, you can go through and online, you can look up, the, look up the interlinear Bible and it will show you the exact phrase in Greek and then it'll give you the English, the English meaning, the English word right underneath it. Right now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes because it's in the, the format of Greek instead of the format of English. But it is a translation. Then you can get to some of these, uh, some of these Bibles that are paraphrases, like the, like the New Living Translation. And, and you know, uh, I mean, there, there's, there's loads of them out there, but there are loads of, of, of paraphrases out there. You say, what is the difference in a paraphrase and the difference in a word-by-word translation? Well, a paraphrase takes the Word of God. It takes, it takes the whole thought of what the author was trying to give forth within a chapter or a paragraph or several different paragraphs, and then it gives the meaning of the whole of the whole uh, thought that was coming across, not just the word, right? So it may go a little more in depth. It may, it may come back a little bit. It may be a lot longer or maybe a lot shorter, but he's giving forth the meaning, not just a word-by-word translation, right? Both are good. Amen. Both are good. We ought to, we ought to receive both of them, but, there, but what the, the point I'm getting across is there's a difference between interpretation and a translation, right? Now, when we have... When we have an interpretation, how many of y'all know that the interpreter, the person interpreting, they have, to, they have to have a knowledge of what you're speaking about? See, the author of the, the New Living Translation, he had to have an understanding of the Word of God to try to, to, try to get across the meaning of what it was, not just going word to word, but get, get forth a meaning of the, of the statement of the thoughts coming across. He had to understand the Word of God. He had to understand two different languages. He had to understand a meaning, right? They have to understand what's going on. Well, let me give you an example. 
It's like this. Uh, uh, several years ago, my family, and, and including Tamara, we, we went to a foreign nation to, to minister the word. Right? And I had several different translators that were, that were working with me to, to minister the word into these precious people. Now, one, one evening, we were sitting there ministering the word of God. And man, it just seemed like, like you're, you know, you're kind of pushing up against the word. And I'm kind of looking over at this translator. I'm like, what is going on here? Because like, the people aren't really understanding. He's taking a really long time to, to try to, to give forth the meaning. And things were just not going smoothly. It wasn't going seamlessly like it did with some of these other translators. And I remember listen, uh, talking to Damar after the service because that woman, she pretty much knows a little bit of English. <laughs> every language. She's like a jack of all trades. Amen. She knows a little bit of all she, and she could understand. She goes, listen, that, that guy wasn't a very good translator. And I was like, well, why is that? He goes, cause he didn't really know what you're talking about. So he, so he kept on trying to go a different direction. Then when he found out the direction you're actually going, then he had to circle back and then try to go back and try to explain things. And it, what was it doing it was bring confusion unto the people. I'm telling you, listen, you're going to go to, if you want to go to a different nation and, and, uh, and have an interpreter, you better be praying for a Holy ghost interpreter. Someone that, that's full of the Holy Spirit, someone that's full of the Word of God, amen, to where they can be led by them, not just Joe Blow that knows both languages and he can, he can get up there and start speaking something, because listen, they, they may be going in a different direction. And that's why I, I'd let her, uh, let Tamara speak for me, for anyone when we go to another uh, place when she can speak the language. Why? Because she knows me. She knows my thought pressure. She knows how I speak, and she knows the Word of God. So when I'm speaking, some, she's not making up something or trying to guess the direction I'm going to go. No, she'll say exactly what I'm talking about. Why? Because she knows which direction I'm headed. Right? I'm telling you, Holy Ghost people are good. Amen? We ought, we ought to be praying for them. Right? We ought to be praying for these type of things. So let me give you, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of what this sounds like in the natural. So if we're going to have an interpretation in the natural how by the spirit, but by the natural. You know, you'll have someone just interpret some words. But I want you to hear the difference. Why? Because, because it's not about how many words that are spoken. It's about getting a thought process. A thought process. So, so Renee, it's like, is, uh, Renee, say, say this in German for me. Say, it is by grace you are saved through faith. Tomorrow, say, say, say in Russian, it is, is by grace you are saved through faith. Now, those, now, now you, you have another language, don't you? Yeah, say, say that, say, say in your language. See, now if you listen, listen, you know, just a few words, you know, Tamara had a few, a little more words than he did. And then the German, it was a lot, it was a lot more words. It was, it was longer, it was a longer interpretation. Why? Because it's not about a word for word translation. It's about getting a thought process, right? Now, sometimes it takes a little more words. Sometimes it takes a few less words, depending on what the language looks like. They may have more specific words or more, or, or, or more roundabout words that you may have to say a few more to get. Does, does, that, does that make sense? Amen. And what you say, why, what am I trying to get at? Listen, so many of us try to focus on, on what the sound is or what the length is, and we start, we start counting words. Oh, they gave a 20-word tongue. Now, Oh my Lord, that, that was 25 words they gave in the interpretation. That must not have been of God. 
You, you know, I mean, and this, these things are insane because it's not, it's not a translation of these things. It's an interpretation. I mean, even if I was going to give an interpretation of a tongue in English, it may sound a little bit different than when Renee does in German. Right? Because it's two different languages and the Holy Spirit's given us what it, what it sounds like, what, what the English hearer may need to hear and what the German hearer needs to hear, what the Russian needs to hear, and what the Nigerian language, one of the eight million dialects you have over there, what they may need to hear. Right? Why? Because it's not a translation of it. It is the interpretation. Amen? And see, to, to complicate this further, and this is why we've got to be so keyed in to the Holy Spirit. If we're sitting there trying to measure lengths of, of, of a message and tongues when, when, when the Lord gives it forth to us, listen, you'll find out many times someone that, that can interpret, you know, that has the, the gift of interpreting tongues, a lot of times they, they prophesy as well. So when that interpretation goes forth, they just jump right over into prophecy and then take off in prophecy. And it's like, it's like man, I just heard a tongue that was, that was you know, 10 words, and they gave, they gave, a, a, they gave a, a speech, you know, for 10 minutes there. What was going on? Well, it's because that interpretation stopped, and then they jumped over into prophecy. But see, we've got to be keyed into the Holy Spirit. Amen. Stop trying to stop. And this is what this is the, the whole point the Holy Spirit and I are trying to make here. Listen, when these things go forth, stop trying to disprove why you don't like tongues and interpretations of tongues and why you don't know if that's right or it's wrong. Stop trying to disprove those things. Amen. And allow the spirit just to witness something to the inside of you. Right. Stop trying to disprove it. Listen, if something's not right, listen, Holy Spirit will tell you. You'll, you'll get an unction. You'll get you'll get a you'll get a check on the inside of you and you'll stop. And you're like, no, that's not for me. You'll know it that you'll know it that you know it. But stop trying to disprove that everything's not right because it doesn't make sense with your mind. All right? Because it's not, it's not right. How many of you know that the Lord, he's not speaking to your mind? Holy Spirit, he speaks to your spirit. Now, your spirit will unveil those things under your mind. But he speaks right to your heart. Because hmm? that's where changes get made. Amen? Now, secondly, secondly, regarding this gift, it's interesting enough, this gift, the gift of interpretation of tongues, it is the only gift, it is the only gift out of all nine that requires another gift to be working in tandem with it. Meaning what? Yes, we know that all these gifts, they can, they can be swirled and be entangled in one another. When you give a prophetic word, you can speak a word of knowledge. You can speak a word of wisdom. You know, you can, you can, those things can happen. You know, when you're raising the dead, remember we, we talked about this, you have to have all three of the power gifts to work. You have to have special faith to call down that spirit from heaven or, or up from hell. You have, to have, you have to have a working of miracles to bring life back into that person. You have to have gift of healings, amen, for whatever killed the person to be healed. Right? They, they work together, but they're distinguishable. Now, they can work singularly or they can work by themselves. The interpretation of tongues, it has to have another gift. It has to have another gift. It has to have discerning of spirits to work with it. So people say, well, well that's, so, that's so weird. Why can't God just speak to us clearly? Why? I don't even like tongues that much. Why? Why? I don't understand. Why can't he just speak to me in a tongue that I understand? He does do that. That's called prophecy. Amen? It's called prophecy. It's called giving, speaking to you a word in a known language. But see, how many of y'all know it is as the Holy Spirit chooses to operate 
Amen. To where if it's going to be tongue, an interpretation of a tongue, a prophetic word, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, it's as he decides to do it, not as we decide. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean he's not going to try to continue, continually try to, try to get you in the influence of it so it can change the way you think, right? So it can change the way you think. We just got to learn to get to the place where we can receive these things, amen? Because, listen, everything, everything that is done by the Spirit, everything that is done by the Spirit, it takes faith. It takes faith to operate in. It takes faith to yield into it. And it takes faith to receive it. When a word goes forth, listen, it takes faith to receive it. If it's from God, you're going to have to take faith. You're going to have to know that it is God and grab a hold of it by faith. But we've got to get to that place where we stop trusting our natural minds to tell us if something is by God or not. Allow your spirit, man. Allow your spirit man to tell you if something's of God or not. So listen, let's go to here to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's, let's dig into some of these scriptures. Let's teach it for a minute. Here in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 12, let's just start there in verse 12. It says, even so, you, for as much as you are zealous of the spiritual gifts or of the spiritual, of the pneuma, he goes, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church. How many of you know this is the goal of the church? When we come together publicly as the church in, in the public setting, God has a desire that everything we do, it edifies, it builds up the church, not necessarily just builds you up individually, right? Because it's not all about us individually, but, but to build up the church corporately, you know, and what is he doing? He's, talk, he's talking about the gift of tongues here. You know, you know it's the, everything we do is to build up corporately. In verse 13, it says, Wherefore, let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. He says, so everyone that speaks in an unknown tongue, he says, let him pray that they may interpret. Now, listen, Paul is teaching a church here that flowed in the gifts. They flowed in the gifts, uh, very much so in the utterance or the vocal gifts. Many historians would say that you could come into the church at Corinth and, man, there'd be just tongues popping off all over the place. It was just tongue, 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 tongues, and tongues, and tongues, and tongues, and tongues. And people weren't getting a whole lot of edification out. There's a lot of chaos starting to, to come before the church. So what was Paul doing? He was coming in to, to bring some balance. The Holy Spirit was trying to show the church how we can all be built up, even with all these gifts in operation. Because we can be built up. We just got to have a little order into what we're doing. right? And so he says, listen. He says, listen, guys, all of y'all, 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 y'all speak in tongues in here. He goes, you have faith. You had faith enough to receive that gift from Because how many of you know speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit? How many of you know that's, that's operating in a gift? I mean, it doesn't matter if you're up here giving it from the pulpit or if you're sitting there on your knees in front of the Lord Jesus at home. That is a gift of the Spirit operating through you. It's the gift of tongues. He says, but listen, if you have, if you have the faith to be able to speak in tongues, have the faith also to ask for the interpretation of it. You have faith enough to speak in tongues. Glory to God. Let faith start being birthed on the inside of you so you can ask the Lord, 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 will you please let me operate in the gift? You know, allow me to operate in the gift of, uh, I desire to have the interpretations of these tongues operating through me. Amen. And the Lord will begin to give these things to you. You say, well, is this, is this just for the public, the public gift here? No. 
It's for our home life as well. Remember, tongues primarily is for our devotional life, primarily for, for our prayer life. And listen, he will begin to interpret some of the, even the specific things you're praying at home if you will uh, ask for the interpretations of it. Now, listen, church, he's not going to give you, he's not going to give you every single interpretation of everything you're praying off. Why? Because you can't handle most of it probably. And some of it, it may not even be your business because he may be praying for somebody else, amen, through you. But he will unveil to you things that he desires, no, as he chooses, even, even in your private life. And as we get comfortable in the private life, uh, you'll, get, you'll get this sense on the inside of you. You know, oh, you hear that tongue going off and you have that sense coming up on the inside of you. Oh, oh I, 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 may, I may have that interpretation because you know what it's like in the devotional life. You can operate it in the spiritual life, just like the gift of prophecy. I mean, many of these gifts in me, they started working off when in my prayer life first. Hmm? And I got comfortable moving and flowing with Holy Spirit before he ever started asking me to do things in the public realm. I had to start believing for healing for myself before I could ever start believing to lay hands on the sick. Hmm? God's good like that if we'll allow him, if we'll allow him to work through us, Right? But as far as the public gift goes, I, I like this here because Holy Spirit, he gives us permission here. He gives us permission to interpret your own tongue here, not just someone else's tongue that's going forth, but, but your own. See, a lot of us have this confusion because in the backside of, of this chapter, which we'll get into in a second, it says, let two or three give a give a, a prophetic word in tongues and let one interpret it. So, so many people think, oh, well, you can only, you can only interpret other people's tongues. And that's not necessarily true because if you look at this verse here, it says if you can speak in own tongues, you, you need to pray that you can interpret it. You know, you know, my father, you know, my father was raised in a Baptist church. Well, our whole family was raised pretty much in a Baptist church. Amen. And so he wasn't around these gifts a whole lot. And, and when Kimberly and I, we got, we got, we got full of the Holy Ghost. We got serious about church. You know, we, we, uh, you know, we, we were going off and doing different things we were exposed to and got to expose them to some different things whenever they came around us to go to church. And, and you know, my parents moved down to Houston on the north side of Houston from Dallas. And they got, they got planted in a church right there on the north side of town. It was a cowboy church because my dad likens himself to a cowboy, right? And uh, at this cowboy church, it was an AG church. It was an Assembly of God church. And this pastor flowed in the gifts that was, that was, that was pastoring this church. And, and my dad came up to me one day and he's like, he's like, son, can I ask you a question about, about, you know, about some things going on in the church? And I said, yeah, absolutely. What, what do you have? And he said, well, he goes, my pastor, he's up there. And he goes, man, he's a great teacher. He's a great preacher. I like being there. But man, he, he stands up and he, he starts speaking in tongues. And then he gives an interpretation of it. And see, he was having this fight going on on the inside of him, and he couldn't receive anything that this pastor was saying because he didn't know if it was scriptural or not, right? So he said, son, what, what, what is that? I said, well, dad, let me, ask you, let me ask you this one question. Do you believe tongues are for today? Do you believe that, that tongues are, are a gift from God? And he goes, well, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to deny it, you know, because it's in the word of God. And I said, well, that's a good answer. So let me, so let me talk to you about the interpretation of it. And I brought him here to this verse right here. I said, it's not just interpreting someone else's. You can interpret it. God gives you permission to interpret, to interpret your own tongue that's being spoken out. You say, why is that important? Because listen, church, sometimes we have these religious walls up on the inside of us and we don't even know why we have them. 
but there's religious walls that get, that get built and we have to scripturally knock them down Right, so you can be able to get in to receive. Why? Because see, tongues, interpretation of the tongues were going off in that church, and he received nothing. Zilch nada, you know, from the Holy Spirit. You say, why is that? Because he didn't think it was from God. But see, when you could prove it out scripturally, no, this is this is from God. This is the Holy Spirit doing it. He gives permission to do it. You know what happened? When they started going forth, he started listening. Oh, oh, Holy Spirit, you're gonna are you speaking to me now? Amen. And, and then Holy Spirit can begin to start ministering unto him. Right? Why? Because this is the culture of the kingdom. Amen. We got we to get some of these walls out of the way. Let me, let me, let me, let me say, it. listen, listen, many of us probably have grown up in, in church environments that didn't have gifts flowing. Amen. Or, didn't, or, didn't, or maybe healings didn't take place or, or maybe the faith message or, or whatever it is wasn't going forth. Let me, let, me, let me just clear this up for you. Listen, the only stupid question is the question that doesn't get asked. You say, what do I mean by that? Listen, if you have questions on, 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 on something scripturally, why does this happen? How do you flow in this? Well, you know, different things about the scriptures that are being taught, or why does this happen in a church? Why does Renee, why does Bridget, why, what are they doing? If you have questions on those things, the only dumb thing to do is not to ask. Amen? But don't go asking someone that has no clue about what you're talking about. Ask someone that, that, that is leading an environment that the gifts can begin to flow. Right? And they can give you a scriptural answer. Why? They can tear down that wall. They can, they can answer those questions. Why? So you can, you can be released to hear what the, what the Lord's trying to say to you. This is what Proverbs 27, 17 is talking about, right? You know, iron, it sharpens up iron. You know, but see, if you keep that iron put in the sheath all of its life, listen, you're, you're gonna, things are going to go past you and past you and past you your whole life. You need to take that thing out and allow it to get sharpened up by someone else. You know, so we have elders of the church. You know, we have John. Listen, you know, me and John, we can talk scripture. And what do we do? We're sitting there sharpening each other up. Oh, well, you're the pastor. You know, can you sharpen me? Absolutely. He can sharpen me up as we're, as we're sitting there just, you know, rubbing, rubbing our swords back and forth with one another, sharpening them to where they come a fine tooth, a fine, a fine edge to where, they can, to where they can begin to do what the Lord's desiring to do. Right? So they can do what the Lord's desiring to do. Jump back here to verse 14. It says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, he goes, My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? Shall I pray in the spirit? I'll pray in my understanding also. I'll sing in the spirit, and I'll sing with my understanding also. Remember, as we said last week, listen, when it comes to operating in the kiss, there has to be a willingness to yield unto Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's not going to grab a hold of you and force you to do things, and he'll give you the unction. But we got to flow with him. we got to yield unto him and allow him to do what, what he desires to do. Why? Because Holy Spirit is looking for people. He's looking for people that desire to step out in faith and work with him. Amen? But we got to make the choice to step out with him. Right? He's, and he's looking for those people. So, so jump on over. Jump on over here. Yeah, because I'm running out of time here. Let's go, let's go here to verse 27. And in verse 27 it says, if a man speaks in an unknown tongue, he says, let it be by two, or by the most by three, that by a course let one interpret. But if there be no interpreter, he says, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak unto himself and unto God. Now, as we kind of you know, spoke about this last week, listen, this is, this, these one, two, or three, it's, it's talking about people, it's a personified number. 
meaning it's talking about not two or three you know, tongues going forth. It's talking about two or three people giving forth utterances and tongues. And it says, and let, let one interpret it, right? So what does that mean? That means if two or three people have, have given a tongue and there's something that needs to be added to it, what's going to happen? One of those two or three people will give it again. Right, so you, so what if two or three tongues have gone forth, and now, and now there's something, and we all sense that there's still something, something left, something left, and you, you operate in this gift as well, but you're the fourth person. It starts jumping up on the inside of you. What did you, what do you do? You do nothing. You sit there and you talk to yourself and you talk to the Lord and you trust him that he will give that tongue to one of the other two or three people that have already given it forth. You say, why is that? Man, he only likes those people. He doesn't want me to operate. No, 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 no. He's building structure in the church. He's trying to kick out confusion from the church and allowing, and, uh, allowing a little bit of order to come into the church to where it removes all confusion. Right? And it's the same thing. It says, and let one interpret. It's not one interpretation for for three tongues. No, No, let one person interpret for the two or three tongues that have gone forth. Let one person do it. Why? Because we're not in competition, church. See, I think there's more competition among Christians than there are amongst the people outside the world. Oh, we got to show how spiritual we are. Now, I want, I want to do this. I want to do that. Let me show how spiritual. And listen, listen, there's no place for competition in the church that births a, a spiritual pride. You know what that does? It grieves Holy Spirit, and he stops moving. He stops moving. I mean, we're not in competition. Amen. No, we're, no, we're yielding unto what the Holy Spirit likes to do. You know, back in our church in Dundalk when it first started, you know, there's a, there is a lady and her son there that they're there for, for several months. I mean, they're, they're probably there for six or eight months at this time. And, and, and just as I normally do when the Holy Spirit, you know, provokes me or prods me, I asked if someone had a tongue, right? You say, well, why do you ask that? Why don't you just give the tongue yourself? Well, it's because the Holy Spirit is desiring for you to get in union, for you to get comfortable with operating in these gifts as well. So yes, when I say that, I'll have the tongue as well. If no one will, will stamp out in faith, I'll give it myself, right? But the Holy Spirit's desiring sometimes, if he doesn't ask me to ask, I'll give it myself without asking. But well, like in this particular time, I asked. So does anyone have a, a message in tongues? Let me, let, me, let me raise up your hand. Let me see it and I'll call for you. I sat there for a second, and a lady just walked up, and she, she got up right about the front of the church, which is kind of concerning, number one, <laughs> you know. She had to get up in front of every point, let, let everyone see, and then she turned around, and then she just started addressing the church. And then she went down and sat down. I mean, she's been around the church for eight months, nine months. She knows exactly what, how things roll, the, the, the way things move in the, in the spirit here. But she, does, she, wanted to, she wanted to have attention on her. And she, she started, just started addressing the church, just started speaking in the church. You know what happened to the Holy Spirit? He just lifted and whoosh, the anointing was gone. I'm telling you, that aggravates me. Why? Because I want to commune with him. He is my purpose for coming here corporately. Yes, I love you, but I love him more. Amen. I want him. I, I do not want him leaving any time we're here. I want the atmosphere. I want the, the culture. I want everything to be amenable for him. It's why we're here. We're here for Jesus. We're here for his spirit. We're here for the Father. So I asked the Lord. I said, listen, Lord, you want me to ask for that again? He said, no, it's too late. It's done. Keep on going. And I was like, well... You want me to correct that? Nope. You don't need to correct that either. Just, just go step into teaching. 
And so I started into teaching, and you know, it was about two, maybe two or three months later, they, they ended up leaving the church anyhow. But it, it's just one of those things, you know, listen, I'm not saying these things to bring fear in India for doing something wrong. Listen, this, you know, this is the place where we can mess up and make mistakes, right? This, this, is, this is the trusting place we can do. You don't, don't make mistakes. Get comfortable in here because you don't want to make the mistakes outside these four walls. Why? Because that can lead people astray out there. No, we want to be on point so we can minister to people out there. But, but we, we, this is the place. I'm not saying that to bring a fear unto you. I'm saying, we listen, church, we need to mind our motives and why we're doing things. We talk about the gifts a lot. They flow a lot in this house. But we need to mind our motives on why they're doing it. Are we doing it to prop ourselves up? Are we doing something to unveil Jesus into the people by the leading and the unction of the Holy Spirit? He says here in verse 39, in verse 40, he says, Wherefore, brethren, he goes, covet, have a, have a strong desire to prophesy. He goes, and don't, forget, uh, don't forbid people to speak in tongues. He goes, let all things be done decently and in order. Why? Because God desires everything to be done decently and in order. God is not a God of chaos. Hmm? He's a God of order. Not, not, not saying that there needs to be so much order that you order the Holy Spirit right out of a service. No, we're not saying that, but we're saying there is an order to the way God desires to do something. See, Paul wasn't irritated with the church because they were a little off in what they were doing. No, he was trying to bring, uh, the Holy Spirit was trying to bring some correction to the church to where the church could begin to get edified and there wouldn't be so much chaos. Why? Because you look up there and in verse 33 here, it says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as is in all of the churches of the saints. God doesn't author confusion. You know what births confusion? Man's pride. That's when confusion starts getting mixed in with the church. When we start stepping up and standing in pride or we get led by another spirit. But, but most of the time you, wanna, you get led or by a familiar spirit is because you're operating in pride. Because our God, he doesn't promote confusion, church. He doesn't promote confusion. How many of y'all know you can control yourself? You can control yourself. I've been around these places that people, oh, I just had to give that prophecy. I just had to give that tongue. And it was completely out of order. Completely out of order. And what does it do? It quenches the spirit. Doesn't mean that Satan was operating in the room. No, and it just they just quenched the spirit. They just quenched the spirit. And he needs to be listen. Listen, church. When, we, when you start getting ready for church Saturday evening, listen. We need to be. You need to be praying. You need to be seeking him out. You need to say, Lord, what do I need to do? What what supply do I need to bring to the table tomorrow? Because I want you to. I want you to be welcomed in that house. I want you to have the freedom to flow. I want you to do the things that you're desiring to do. I want, I want this place to completely catch on spiritual fire. Amen. Do it starts drawing people to us. You say, how do we do that? Start seeking him out. Start seeking him out. This is, this is what in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, doesn't it? It says, quench not the spirit. How I many you know with the things that we can do is like taking out a fire extinguisher and, and spraying it on the Holy Spirit? says, don't quench the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Despise not his culture. Despise not the kingdom and how he desires to move through the church. Don't despise those things. 
Don't despise it. He says, but, but in all things that are going on, prove all things. Prove all things and hold to that which is good. I Meaning if it's not good, you can kick it out. If it's good, you grab a hold of it. If it's by the Holy Spirit, you grab a hold of it and you, and you keep it and don't, then don't release it. Amen. So I'll end with this, church. If we are people that are speaking in tongues in here, is everyone in this church speaking tongues? Yeah? Yeah? Then we also ought to be praying for the interpretation. Then we also need to be praying for the interpretation of these tongues. So when a tongue goes forth in the service, a public gift of tongues goes forth, we immediately, everyone in the church, we start keying into the Holy Spirit. It's not like, oh, I wonder what's going on. No, you key in to Holy Spirit and see what he's desiring to say. Amen. To see if he's going to give it to you or not. Why? Because, listen, yes, many, many times I believe, because I operate in this gift as long, just like my wife does, we, we can receive that. I, know I don't have a fear and not. But sometimes if, if y'all begin to believe, listen, he may say, you know what? What's that interpretation, brother? What is that interpretation? He may say, get it from someone else. But we got to key in for it. we got to key in to allow Holy Spirit to, be, to, to use us in these things. You say, well, well, if all the church is operating in tongues, interpretation of the tongues, well, how do we know? How do we know who's going who's gonna to do these things? We just pop off and give an interpretation whenever we want? With multitudes, how do, how do we know the order in doing those things? Listen, church, maturity and honor. <laughs> maturity and honor will usually bring order into that question into your life. Amen? We need to lean on those that are mature, and we need to honor people that are around us. Amen? Say, what does that mean? Well, listen, church, I've been to many different meetings. Amen. That, that you see ministers that operate in these gifts. You know, my pastor comes on, they'll, they'll hand the mic over to him and say, go, go ahead and you go ahead and you give that. You know, or, or Brother Hagen, many times people would give it over to Brother Hagen. Brother Hagen would even hand the, the mic over to Papa Goodwin. Say, listen, listen, you give that. Why? Honoring who, who, who this guy was, honoring him, you know, submitting themselves, allowing the gift to flow through him because of the maturity that was in him. Amen? But we got to be keying in. Why? Because many times that can get put out. John Osteen would do that too. You know, he'd have tongues, interpretations of the tongues going all over the country. He'd say, give me a tongue. And he'd say, now who has, who has the interpretation? Right? Because the church, we can flow together. Amen? But it's all going to be as the Spirit desires. It's all as he desires. I can remember a friend of mine. We were in a young adults meeting, and it wasn't too long before we, we moved over here. And, and this, this meeting was off the hook. It was, it was pumping. I mean, great worship. The word was great. And then all of a sudden, right in the back of, right in the, back of the church, you hear a tongue. Just started ripping off right in the, right in the middle, right on the backside of everything. And everyone kind of looked towards my friend Ben. They looked at him like, hey, hey, you know, you got the interpretation, kind of like, you know, expecting him. And his head was down, you know. And, you know, we, and he just waited a few seconds. And then Alan, who is Pastor Rusty's brother, he, he ended up give, came up and he gave the interpretation of it. You know, and I remember talking to Ben after the service, like, I was like, hey, you know what, how, how, how did all that work? And he was like, oh, my Lord, and that tongue went off. He goes, I knew instantly I didn't have. He was leading the meeting. He said, I knew instantly I didn't have that, I didn't have the, the interpretation of it. 
And it, and it kind of brought him, it was like, oh my Lord, I don't have that interpretation. Whoa, 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 whoa. And, then, and then, but someone, someone else had it for him. Right? Because just because you're leading the meeting doesn't mean that, that you're going you're gonna to be the one flowing in everything. And I like to train people to flow with us. Why? Because this is their training ground. This is a family. This is where we can make mistakes. This is where we can get corrected too. But this is the place that we can make mistakes so, where we can, so we can do the things that the Lord has for us. Amen? Just when we are doing all things, listen, everything we do, we got to make sure we're doing it in order and for the edification of the church. With order and for the building up, the energizing of the church. Not to point fingers to say, oh, Tamara doesn't do as good of a job, you know, on prophetic words as, as Brother John does. I don't like it when John does because it's not very good. You know, you know, when Daniel does it, ooh, I mean, that's power. You know, that's, that's not what it's about. It's not a competition or a game we're playing here. This is a family and participating with him with how the Lord desires us to do things. Amen? Is that all right for you? Well, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Hmm. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your time. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We say, teach us. Reveal unto us. Reveal unto us the goodness. Reveal unto us, hallelujah, the power and the authority of your word. We glorify you, hallelujah. We magnify you. Just lift up your hands here for a second. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, hallelujah. We worship you. Hallelujah, we honor you, Lord. We honor you. Hallelujah. We magnify your holy name. You're worthy. 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 We thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you. We welcome you in this house. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, we say you have freedom in this place. We worship you. We honor you. Hallelujah. 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 Now, just as we're teaching on these things, who is that? Who is that that has a message in tongue? Just slip your hand up in the air and let me see it. Uh, key into the Holy Spirit here. Key into the Holy Spirit. Don't get checked out because we're because it's time to end. Key into Him. Key into Him. Who has that? Lift up your hand. Hiti kiriya rama soto shufu krondia hasada kiya rama kindia soto juvu krondi ziriki. Hirama sida vashutu vokronda asata ki diasata kro. Vita vakro vokro kandiasata ki. Laharama kadama shudu vokrundu juvokro diji. Tiji de ki. So I say, ki into me. Focus on me. Put your eyes, 
Put your passion upon the hearts and upon the words that are on the inside of me. You're going to stop listening with your outer ears. I say, listen to the ears, the spiritual ears that are on the inside of me because I put my word in you. I put my life in you and I will birth those things into existence. I'll birth those things to edify your brothers and your sisters, your parents and your sons. I will, I will birth those things to edify even the people that are outside the church. I will birth those things to build up people people. Amen. So they can see for you are a sign. You are a sign. I put word in you. I put power in you. I put authority in you. You are a sign of me and to the world that's around you. But you're going to have to key in. Don't get checked out too early. You're going to have to key in. You're going to have to focus on me, not just in your church life, just not just in your prayer life, but as you're walking down the streets, as you're, as you're going into the grocery, as you're going into the shop, as you go into your parents' house, as you pray for your children when they go to sleep. Key into me. Listen to me, for I'm speaking. I'm looking for ears that'll hear. I'm looking for ears that'll hear. So he that has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to this church. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you. We honor you. We honor you. We praise your holy name. We praise your holy name. Or teach us to be a people to get tuned into you. Hallelujah. Hmm. Mm, teach us to me not be a people that are so distracted. Lord, we worship you. We honor you. We honor you. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we, we close up today. We stop. Thank you, Lord, taking hold of your word. Taking hold of Psalms 91. I say there is no evil that will befall us. Because ah, we have Holy Spirit on the inside of us. There is no evil befall us because we know your word. There is no evil that will befall us. Lord, for you, Lord, even give your angels charge over us. Lord, we're so thankful. We dedicate ourselves to be people committed, dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, that we shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. For you alone, you are a refuge, you are a fortress, you are God. It's alone, you're alone. You're the only one we put our faith and trust in. So when anything comes knocking at the door, we know we are protected. We're protected on the seaways, the railways, the airways, the motorways, or even down the walk paths, or there is no wicked plan from a wicked man, or the devil himself shall come against us and harm us. We are the protected of God. There is no plague that shall come against our house. We are the protected of God. We are your sons. We are your daughters. We are your church. We submit ourselves unto you as ambassadors, as sons and daughters. Lord, we submit ourselves unto you as the head and we be in your body. We say, use us. Use us. Help us to sanctify ourselves unto you. You've justified us, but help us sanctify ourselves unto you to where you can use us. Lord, we love you. We glorify you. We walk out of here in faith and love towards you, loving each and every person of this body, of this family, of this church. Thank you, Lord, for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. 
We are covered by the blood. We are empowered by your word. We are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you.